Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, This week, we're contemplating adding something to the bucket list. So we're not crossing this one off yet. In fact, I'm not even sure if it's going on the list. We'll discuss it. And by we, I mean me and the many voices in my head. And then we will collectively decide at the end of the episode whether we put it on the list. And why make this a big deal? The item we are contemplating adding to our epic bucket list to find love is having a one-night stand. And so you're probably wondering, how does this get you to love? Well, first, let me say the bucket list scavenger hunt concept serves two equally important purposes. The first is, yes, to lead to love, ways that I might be able to happen upon my person. But the second is to make the waiting game sweeter. You see where I'm going here? So let me just footnote here. My hope with this podcast is threefold. I want to entertain you. That's the stand-up comedian in me. And I also want to inspire you. That's the life coach in me. But more than that, I want to embolden you to actually take a chance or do something different in your life. I know many of you aren't single and aren't dating. The dating piece is to let those of us who are dating know you're not alone. But this isn't just about dating and finding love. This is about going full out after your desires, whatever they may be. Sorry, I told you the podcast was part reality show, part rom-com, part TED Talk. Today's a little heavy on the TED Talk stuff. So I'm going to take you through my process in connection with the truth. I'm not making this up. I really am contemplating having a one-night stand. And the funny thing is, I have to wonder if this means the podcast is expanding my horizons. Like, am I growing or am I just getting desperate? But let me show you how to get abundantly clear on your true desires, because that's the first step towards getting the life of your dreams. Okay, now back to your regularly scheduled program. If you've been listening, you know that I'm not a casual sex person, or that's what I say. I think I've mentioned it in every episode so far, but as a coach, I'm big on questioning everything. And that includes my own beliefs. Is this true? Is this a fact? Or is this a story based on my past or someone else's beliefs? So let's look at this. The first thing I realize is that although I have no moral judgment around casual sex, I do feel shame around it. It's weird because I've had many clients and friends tell me about being able to just enjoy the act of sex apart from the emotional component of it. And I never judge them. In fact, if I'm being completely honest, I envy them. But my experience with even just talking about this is embarrassment. Like, for example, my mom told me she was so proud of me doing this podcast. She told me she wanted to send an email to all of her friends telling them about it. I immediately thought, oh my God, but I talk about sex. She kept asking me about how to promote it to her friends, and I kept ignoring her. Then, after the first episode came out, I was over at my parents' house talking to them. They love to hear my dating stories. My mom asked me again, 
So after my dad leaves the room and I wait specifically until my dad leaves the room, I whisper, like I can't even say it out loud. I had sex in episode two and I talk about it. Hello, I'm 46 years old, but there's still some weirdness there as far as me having sex goes, not sex in general, just me. So here's something that I know that I clearly desire and my own personal judgment is stopping me from going after it. But here's the thing, repression of a desire is very unhealthy. It doesn't make the desire go away. In fact, it does the opposite. So let's just think about this for a second. Let's say you want to quit your job. Pretending that you don't want to quit your job doesn't make your job any more pleasurable. In fact, it likely enhances your misery. But as soon as you put your resume together, forget actually quitting, just taking steps or actions towards the goal. It makes you feel better. You feel hopeful. You feel alive. So I'm not really sure where I'm going with this as far as the one night stand is concerned, except that by allowing myself and notice I say allow to put this one on the list, I'm acknowledging the desire instead of repressing it. Okay, that might be too philosophical. So pulling back to the case at hand, shame. Yes, I've explored this many times. And as you recall, in episode one, my therapist even suggested having lots of sex as a form of healing or exploring. And the idea fascinated me. So let's go back to my belief, or let's call it a story. My story is, or actually, Tony Robbins refers to it as a delusion. My delusion is that I'm not a casual sex person. Whoa. Can you feel the shift in that statement? In one moment, it's my identity. It's who I am. I am not a casual sex person. In the next moment, it's a lie. Like saying, my delusion is that I'm the president of the United States. Okay, so if I no longer identify as a not casual sex person, then what? I feel compelled to also footnote that as long as someone is doing this from a place of true choice, rather than numbing out or from a wounded place, I think it's completely up to them to make that choice. But see, if you're doing it from a wounding or to numb out, that's not actually a choice. It's a consequence. For me, that old belief or lie is based in part on my past. Because here's the thing. I've actually had a one-night stand before. A couple, actually, in college. but. They were unintentional, meaning it was one time, but that wasn't my choice. Let me give you an example. Michael was the younger brother of one of my sorority sisters. He was gorgeous, dark hair, blue eyes. He was tall and quiet, mysterious. I had a huge crush on him. From the moment I first saw him, I was mesmerized. We hung out a couple of times with other friends, and then one night, somehow, the two of us ended up back at his house. He put on Contraband, the best of Men at Work, the album, like the actual record. We listened to it all night. In the morning, I woke up and he was sleeping next to me. I started to think, what if he wakes up and is disappointed I'm still here? What if he regrets it? I assumed it would be super awkward and I couldn't bear the thought of how that would feel. So I snuck out. I just left. No, 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 nothing, just left. 
I later learned I may or may not have taken his virginity. What an asshole insecurity is. It fucked us both. I still regret that move. I still regret just leaving. I can't hear, he just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich without thinking about what a jerk I am. And now you probably have that song stuck in your head. Sorry about that. I told you, I'm a jerk. But anyway, I've never had an empowered one night stand. Honestly, I still don't know if I even want one because I crave connection and intimacy. Why would I want to share myself with someone that I don't want more of or who doesn't want more of me? Could I find someone that I'm just crazy attracted to, but perhaps this is so dumb that I can't fathom having to talk with them again? Probably. Or someone who is incredibly boring or maybe someone who I have nothing in common with. Again, why would I want to do this? I guess it would be that greatest hits concept from episode four. Also an experiment in growth, like non-attachment. Can I be capable of this? But is it cheating to not attach to someone I wouldn't want to attach to? Like putting something on the to-do list that I already finished just to check it off. I can't explain it, but the idea still intrigues me. I blame Heart, the 80s band. I grew up listening to... All I want to do is make love to you. If you haven't heard the song, it's the tale of a woman driving. It was a rainy night. She sees a handsome stranger standing by the road. No umbrella, no coat. So she pulls up alongside and offers him a ride. And they drove for a while. And they happen upon a hotel. It was a place she knew well. And then they made magic that night. He did everything right. He brought the woman in her too many times, easily. That's what she says anyway. Who wouldn't want that? And then in the morning, she pulls a Rachel Birch. She leaves while he's sleeping. But at least she leaves a note. And for those of you who don't know the song, let me read you the note. She told him, I am the flower. You are the seed. We walked in the garden. We planted a tree. Don't try to find me. Please, don't you dare. Just live in my memory. You'll always be there. Could you imagine leaving a note that says that? Or worse, finding a note that says that? Although I can't imagine this song playing out at all in 2022. I would never pick up a stranger on the side of the road and then have sex with him. But then, is that really that much different than picking up a stranger in a bar or on a dating app? My mind starts racing just at the thought of this. So many questions. Can I have a one-night stand with a stranger and be safe, physically? People do it all the time. Why not me? Ugh, the conversation, the negotiations in my head begin. Actually, this might be a good time to introduce you to the committee of voices in my head. They chatter and speak to me all day long. We all have them. Most of us think they're us, but I've come to get to know mine and I know they are definitely not me. Let me say more about this because this is huge. First, if you haven't read The Untethered Soul, I highly, highly recommend it. Just quickly, think about the voices in your head. 
They say things like, I can't believe you just said that, or what's wrong with you? Or Janet's a bitch. I can't believe she did that. Now, there's a part of you saying those things, but there's also a part of you hearing you say those things. They call that part of you, the part that hears, the observer. So who is the observer? When you can separate the voices from the observer, you gain control over those pesky voices. So again, I don't want to go too deep into this rabbit hole, but understanding that the voices in your head are not you has been huge for my growth. Imagine knowing that the voice that tells you that you're not good enough or you're not skinny enough or you're not pretty enough is actually a phony, a liar, some part of your past that's stuck there. Can you see how empowering it would be to just tell that voice to shut the fuck up? So I've identified the three main characters who narrate my life, the lawyer, the life coach, and the comedian. They obviously come from my three careers. As I introduce them to you, I want you to start thinking about the voices and characters in your own head. Give them names or titles or personalities, anything that reminds you that they are not you. It's extremely freeing when you realize the person in your head who's afraid of embarrassing themselves on social media or cares what that mom at the school thinks or is stopping you from trying a new hobby is not you. They are a wounded past version of you who just sits back and criticizes you. Like maybe that voice is actually your mom or your grandfather or your fifth grade teacher. It's not you. Having that awareness is half the battle. Sorry, but I'm really passionate about shutting down the haters in your head because once you can do that, the ones in real life lose their power too. It's the best feeling in the world. I want it for all of us. Okay, so. For me, first, there's the lawyer. She's been here the longest. She's the cynic. She's the overthinker. She's the warrior. She's the logical brain. She's always going to go to the worst case scenario, and she's motivated by fear. Her main goal is to prevent disaster and to keep us all safe. For our purposes, I want you to remember that the lawyer represents the voice of my brain. Next, we have the comedian. She's hilarious. Everything's a joke. She has a sense of humor of a 12-year-old boy and can make anything sound sexual. Of course, she is the body and she is horny. (laughs) She's the boy crazy one. She's spunky and cheeky and fun. She's the outgoing one of the bunch. She's motivated by hormones and adrenaline. Her main goal is to have fun, live life, and I'm starting to think, have sex. So remember, The comedian represents the voice of my body. And finally, we have the life coach. She's the new kid on the block. She's the heart. She feels everything. She loves deeply. She craves the relationship of her dreams. She wants someone she can love on. She cries a lot. She's motivated by love and connection. And her main goal is to find love. So yeah, she represents the voice of my heart. And she's the main problem here. She's the one who attaches. She's the one we have to convince that the heart can be safe and have a one-night stand. Well, after the lawyer. The lawyer thinks this is a terrible idea. In the early days after my divorce, the lawyer, my brain, called the shots. The body and the heart honestly wanted nothing to do with dating. So the lawyer did what she does best and painted a worst-case scenario. 
You can't date anyone. You could get drugged or killed or an STD. Did you see Dirty John? You could get a guy who takes advantage of you. Dating is not safe. Don't do it. And so nobody did anything. And the lawyer was happy. This feels like reading The Giving Tree. And the lawyer was happy. Anyway, today's a new day. The comedian has stepped up and is running the show. Whose idea do you think this was anyway? She thinks it's hilarious and exciting and definitely good content. In fact, she just made me make a playlist of one night stand songs, including, yes, all I want to do is make love to you. She has drunk and I don't want to go home currently playing on repeat. So as I was saying, it was actually the comedian's idea to put this on the list. The lawyer and the life coach need some convincing. So the first thing that I did with the little lawyer sitting on my shoulder was hit the internet. Yes, the lawyer's best friend is Google. She needs evidence, facts, and information. So seriously, the first thing I did was ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what's a one-night stand? Because we need to know, what are we aiming for? What constitutes a one-night stand? How will I know if I achieved it? According to Google, a one-night stand is a sexual relationship lasting only one night and also a single performance of a play or show in a particular place. Just to be clear, we're going with definition number one. But honestly, does sexual relationship mean sex? So I kept reading. What happens during a one-night stand? A one-night stand means sleeping or having any other sexual encounter with someone outside of the usual trappings of a relationship. It's one-night sex, then bye-bye. Typically, this is with a person you don't know very well or have only met recently, perhaps even earlier that day. Earlier that day? That is definitely not sufficient time to internet stalk someone. The lawyer is concerned. The next article, entitled The Do's and Don'ts of One Night Stands, was more helpful. Although it was targeted to men about women, it explains ways to lessen the awkwardness of the encounter and lists out some mistakes you should try to avoid. Okay, go on. Number one, don't set your expectations too high. Okay, noted, have low expectations. Number two, choose wisely. I have thoughts on this. We'll come back to it. Number three, four, and five. Don't talk too much. Don't take her number. Don't stalk her on social media. Just as I'm starting to think I could do this, this feels safe. An article entitled, How Risky is a One-Night Stand? catches my eye. Crap. I thought I was in the clear. I can't help it, though. I have to click on it. The article details the risks of STDs with or without protection. Okay, great. Thank you. After reading a few more ridiculous articles, including one entitled, How Does a Man Feel After a One-Night Stand? Which explains that from the author's point of view, that it is, and I quote, the greatest feeling in the world and the ultimate compliment. I barf in my mouth and move on. The final article that I find examines the age-old question, does a one-night stand lead to love? Although this goes against the have low expectations advice, I decide to read it. It claims that one-night stands have a 27% chance of turning into a long-term relationship. (laughs) The life coach is in. Crap. I mean, it does satisfy the requirement of potentially leading to love. So now with the comedian and the life coach both on board, we have a majority 
and the lawyer is overruled. So now I ask myself, how do we do this? Who do we want to do this with? Enter my friend Alex. No, not like that. He's happily married. Alex is actually also an attorney. We used to work together and we had dinner the other night. He's a fan of the podcast. Well, he listens to it. So naturally, we chatted a little bit about what's coming up. I told him, I'm working on an episode where I'm contemplating a one-night stand. And then I told him, I may have a candidate. There's a guy I matched while I was asking my assistant what she thought about the concept. So I think it's a sign. As I pull out my dating app to show him, I say, although he kind of looks like an old, bloated Leonardo DiCaprio. I show him the guy's picture, and then I show him our brief chat. Alex immediately says, no. I don't like him. Not for this. I laugh. And Alex says, Rachel, I'm serious. You want to show your friends that guy? This is for bragging rights. Swing for the fences. Don't bunt. Wow. Talk about dropping some knowledge. Yes, Alex, you're right. I get to pick, not some arbitrary sign. I say who. I say when. I say how much. Wait, not that last part. Anyway. So if this is for bragging rights, if this is swinging for the fences, because duh, if I'm going to do this, go big or go home, this probably won't be something I do again or often. I better make it noteworthy. I take out my notes app and I write out my selection criteria. Of course I did. You know how much I love my notes app. Can you imagine when I die and someone reads the notes section of my phone? Anyway, here's what I wrote. This is the first iteration. It can change and probably will. Sexual attraction. Well, duh. How about crazy sexual attraction? Manly. (laughs) Talk about setting the bar low. Cowboy. I'm embarrassed, but we have no secrets here. No real opportunity to evaluate, filter, is this smart, taking on people's energy. Here's where it goes off the rails. So some final thoughts before we decide if this is going on the list. Number one. What is the fantasy and what is the reality? Having spoken to a number of people, I understand the actual experience of the one-night stand can vary. I think self-awareness is critical. Am I actually capable of this? Be honest. And why do I want this? What is the need that will be satisfied or more likely that I run the risk of actually not getting satisfied here? And what is the best way to get that need met? So for me, the need would be to feel attractive to a person I am wildly attracted to, to experience real passion, to feel alive. So does this need get met only in the context of a one night stand? Or am I making up a story that I can't have this kind of passion in a committed relationship? Originally, I had decided that I would put a one-night stand on the list, but only with a specimen of a man worth bragging about. So hot, my friends would be jealous. So dumb, I'd never want to see him again. But if I'm being radically honest with myself, I think the promise of something more is part of the draw, which leaves the huge possibility of disappointment and regret. Can it just be a one-time thing? and be enough. No, that makes me want to cry. To give someone my whole self and then have them not want more, that feels yucky. So if I ask myself, 
Does this really serve the purpose of satisfying a need or getting me closer to my goal of finding love? I have to say, it doesn't feel like it. Because am I capable of passion without attachment or without true emotional connection? In this moment, I don't think adding it to my list is in alignment with my needs or my goals. But stay tuned because I reserve the right to change my mind because it's really fun to think about. And to be honest, I'm not ready to close the door on it, actually. Because if my intention is to get everything out of my system before my person comes along, now is the time. Will I potentially regret not doing it more than I will potentially regret doing it? Okay, so maybe I add it to my list with the option of taking it off. I don't have to cross every item off the list, right? Like I said in the beginning, just putting it on the list puts me in a more hopeful, excited state. So the item would actually be a swing for the fences night of passion without the expectation of more. I recently went to one of the nicest hotels in Newport for dinner with a friend. It was after I had just performed stand-up comedy and I was feeling really good. I was on top of my game, feeling pretty cheeky. I valet parked my car and the hottest valet parker, a young guy with a top gun mustache, takes my car. He's very flirty and I'm kind of digging it. All of a sudden, I'm in the restaurant and there he is. He followed me in. Apparently, my car locked and he wants me to open it from my app. We flirt some more. When I come out to pay for my car, he goes, oops, I guess it's free and doesn't charge me. So at this point, If I had had this item on my list, I could have said, what time do you get off work? Want to come to my place? No, not a one-night stand. A night full of passion and magic. A night where you do everything right and bring the woman in me too many times easily. Because if I'm going to do this, it's going to have to feel like an 80s love song or an X-rated Hallmark movie. Damn it. It's going on the list. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. To play along and get all the behind the scenes and bonus content, follow us on TikTok at Love Before 100. And be sure to come back next week to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. Let's spend the-